0: High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is the first ever episode of the new podcast, Get Real. Uh, To give you just an idea of what we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking about issues that are facing the church and the world today. But we're going to strip it of its pretext, its religious pretext, and all of the 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 flowery language. Sometimes we use around things, and we're just going to get real about it and talk about what Scripture says, um, what experiences we've had, and uh, really just communicate what we believe God is saying about these issues and uh, what the Word tells us. So we're really excited about these conversations that we're going to be having a couple times a month, and we're going to start off with one that I think is really important. For the world today, for the church today, and that is this, we're going to be talking about the prophetic, if it is for us today, what it looks like, the proper operation of it. We'll probably do several specifically on the prophetic, because I know it is a hot button issue right now. There's a lot of things being talked about. There's a lot of misuse of the prophetic, uh, but we do believe it is still for us today. We're going to be talking about that, and to have that discussion, uh, I'm really excited to have on my dad. Uh, Dr. Robert Gay. He has, let me tell you a little about himself and kind of his uh, involvement in the prophetic, Uh, but to say that he's been in and around the prophetic for a long time uh, would be an understatement. Uh, So thanks for being here today, Dad. I'm really excited about this conversation.
1: Thank you, buddy. I I appreciate the opportunity to be here, and it's really exciting, this launch of uh, this new uh, podcast, uh, Get Real, and uh, I think it's going to really... be able to touch a lot of lives, minister to people in a in a uh, very profound way. Absolutely. So, the prophetic, obviously hot button right
0: now with everything going on in culture right. and society, and even just even news headlines within the church and things that are happening um, right now in Kansas City and other places that are uh, people that have been involved in around the prophetic that are having all sorts of problems and issues, and of course. We'll probably do a whole podcast on this later, but obviously um, just a few years ago with COVID and elections and all that, there was a lot of prophetic words that people gave that, you know, right, just didn't happen. Didn't materialize didn't in the just, way that they actually right, said right, that it just would. being, being real. Right. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that more in a future episode, but can you just tell um, people who might be listening or watching who aren't familiar with you, your history, Um, kind of uh, how you were exposed to the prophetic, how it's impacted your life. Um, Kind of tell them some of that story, your
1: involvement in it over the years. Sure. Well, of course, to start out with, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, Mm -hmm. and um, in our Pentecostal church, we didn't really have so much the gift of prophecy, but we did have tongues and interpretation. We saw that in operation occasionally. It wasn't like every service, but we would... Uh, see that actually happen and of course we know that Paul talked about tongues and interpretation being equivalent to prophecy right um, and then later on um, as I uh, my older teenage years 17 18 I got exposed to the word of faith message and uh, Brother yes uh, and uh, of course I, I listened to all the word of faith ministers all the time read their books And, of course, there was a a different manifestation of the prophetic that I began to see. And also they did embrace actually the gift, uh, the ministry gift of the prophet. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was wonderful and good, just kind of like a a graduation, if you want to call it, and began to have a a different experience and actually even began to flow in the word of knowledge, um, uh, particularly as it relates to healing and deliverance in the lives of people, and so God do a lot of things, a lot of healings and miracles took place, and uh, would prophesy occasionally, but very infrequent, and then in 1987, I actually uh, went on staff uh, at Christian International uh, with uh, Bishop Hammond, and uh, he really became a spiritual father to, uh, to me, and also, obviously, to your To your mother, my uh, my wife, uh, Stacy, and um, but anyway, so we um, uh, as we began to get exposed to that, there were gifts that began to be released within my life because one of the things that happens, you know, whatever whatever anointings you actually begin to get around and you begin to rub shoulders with is that's an anointing that you uh, uh, end up receiving from. It's transferred because um, uh, anointings are transferred through association. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I would travel with Bishop Hammond, do conferences with Christian International, and begin to see the prophetic stirred up in a new way, at a new level, even within my own life. And um, also, of course, begin to really function as a prophet uh, at the same time. And, uh, so, uh, I mean, there's so many different things that I could actually share and we'd be here a long time going through all the things, but that's just the basics of, uh, not only my exposure, but actually time in the prophetic, of course, that, that dates back to 1987, whenever mm-hmm. we actually went on staff, um, uh, at CI. So what's that? 36, yeah. 30, 37, 37, almost, 40 years, yeah. almost 37 years ago, uh, that we went on staff there. And, and again, I was around prophets all the time. You know, we we had every conference was a prophetic conference. I think we had one family conference per year, but every other conference, in one way or another, was a prophetic conference. And even in the family conference, we would prophesy to people. Mm -hmm. And so I literally prophesied to hundreds and thousands of people, and uh, it's been a gift that's been active within my life for a long time, and really. Um, there's there's rarely a service that ever goes by here at high praise. Yeah, that there is some, not some element of the prophetic that's in manifestation. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's really the rarity. It is. Yeah. Very very rare that we don't have some type of uh, manifestation of the prophetic. And I, when I say prophetic, I'm talking about the gift of prophecy, or um, the uh, the gift of the prophet in operation mm. actually within. Uh, One of our services, like you said, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, that kind of stuff that happens as well. So
0: obviously, there's a lot of talk about the prophetic, and I think it's become like this buzz phrase that people just kind of throw anything that's they may not understand under, or something that's um, spectacular, which really isn't inherently what the prophetic is. But can you um, kind of for maybe somebody who's listening, watching that has no idea what we mean when we say prophetic? or sure. all they've seen is what's happened over the past couple of years right. with elections and COVID right. and all that, and that's their main exposure, right. or that's the most recent taste in their mouth. Can you kind of explain to them, give a, an explanation of what the prophetic is, what it comes to do, right? the purpose of it, and once again, maybe some examples even uh, within your mom's life, how that has sure. impacted you, and I okay. know you've got, a ton of stories. Oh, you could tell. a
1: whole lot of, and uh, the I would say you know just uh, very very, just to start out with, just mm-hmm. let's the the prophetic ministry is the voice of the Lord being released in some manner or another within the church. Yeah, uh, we see that in Revelation it says that. Uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit, spirit of prophecy, prophecy or spirit yeah. of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So that means any manifestation of the prophetic, mm-hmm. the spirit of prophecy, the voice of prophecy or the voice of the prophet, um, that is the testimony of Jesus. That means that is Jesus speaking within the church. Right. Uh, we see in first uh, Corinthians chapter 14, Paul specifically speaking of the gift of prophecy He said, he who prophesies speaks to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, he wasn't limiting it to just that and that alone. However, that does give us some guidelines, and it gives us some parameters from which we can begin to operate in the simple gift of prophecy. So prophecy comes to edify. It means to build up, to make strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, It comes to exhort. That means to push forward. Uh, to advance in the purpose of God, and then to comfort. So the word of the Lord, whenever prophecy begins to be manifested, there's a comforting that happens within our lives. Number one, we know that God knows exactly where we're at. Yeah, We know that God has an understanding of what we're going through. He He knows our address. I think it's real easy uh, sometimes for people to begin to think, um, just average believers in the church today to begin to think, um, uh, or at least begin to feel in some manner or some way that does the Lord even know what I'm going through? Does he is he conscious of what's happening within my life? Yeah, and I think one of the things that the gift of prophecy in operation uh, or the prophetic ministry in operation does is it gives us the awareness that God is intricately involved within our lives. He knows what's happening. Uh, and that there's also a future that he has for us. There's a hope that he is giving us. In other words, things aren't going to remain the way that they are right now, that God has an intended end to prosper, to bless, to further his purpose within our lives. And I believe that's something that energizes us. It actually also, uh, as you've heard me teach before, it gives us something to fight with. Mm -hmm. Paul told Timothy to war a good warfare. With the prophecies that have went over you, so yeah. every prophetic word spoken over your life, or even congregational prophetic mm-hmm. ministry, those are words that we can take and we can begin to war a good warfare with them, and begin to see God move and begin to see Him do and fulfill what He has promised. And as you said, you know, there's been quite a bit of confusion um, surrounding the prophetic in recent years. Uh, because of things that were prophesied that did not happen, that did not materialize. And um, and I don't want to go too deep in the weeds here on this particular uh, um, podcast.
0: Yeah, I know there's people listening who want us to talk about that, and trust me, we will. but We'll probably do it in a future episode down the line.
1: Right, and and I kind of touch on some of that in um, particularly my second Voices book, Voices uh, Voices of of Deception, Um, but if we start going there, we'll be there for a long time. We'll be here, all, we'll be here and, for an hour uh, talking so, about that. Yeah. But I'll just say this, uh, it's important that we don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Absolutely. And just because somebody may have abused the truth or maybe they just missed it. Maybe the, their heart was right. They really wanted sure. to uh, hear from the Lord and wanted to articulate what they were hearing from God. It doesn't, and maybe, and maybe they missed it. You know, when I say they missed it, what I'm saying is they, they prophesied presumptuously, mm-hmm. or they said something, and it just didn't come to pass. And and there are different reasons that things don't come to pass, but mm-hmm. one that we cannot discount is the fact that it is possible for somebody to just miss, miss it. it, right? Just and, completely miss it, and it's okay. It doesn't mean that they're a false prophet. We don't need to necessarily label them as such. Uh, it doesn't mean that they are. Uh, you know, bad folks, but it just means that hey, um, they didn't get it right on this one. But I would even say this:
0: even if somebody were or is a bad person, and they right. fabricated something to make money or sell books or right. podcast or whatever, you still don't throw the baby out the mm-hmm. prophetic out because right. some people misuse it. I mean that the prophetic being misused is a tale as old as time. Oh yeah, I mean we see it. In, for, in in scripture right, right. right we've got Balaam who's right. a false prophet so right. they've existed but that doesn't mean as a matter of fact for there to be we've talked you've talked about this before and I've talked about it for there to be something false there has to be a real right for there to be a counterfeit there has to be real you can't have right counterfeit dollar bills right without there being a real dollar bill correct so for there to be counterfeit or false prophets right. you have to have
1: Right. The real deal. And that's the reason nobody's counterfeiting a $4 bill.
0: Right, because they don't exist. Because the real right. doesn't exist. And, yeah. I mean, I get it. As yeah. a as a millennial, as a, an older millennial, uh, I think among millennials and Gen Z and a lot of our generation specifically, there is just honestly, I don't know the way to put it, there's a lot of ick around Right. the idea of the prophetic and prophetic ministry, but we need it for the exact reason right. you're talking about. Absolutely. You need a weapon to fight with. Um, and You can probably tell the story about Kayla and right. all of that in a minute, but God forearming you, right. God giving you, knowing what you're going to face and giving you a weapon to right. fight with, knowing what you're going to face, we need it because it brings... Comfort in times of difficulty. It'll Correct. exhort you whenever you are feeling down. And we all go through times of feeling down. And we need that word of encouragement, right. exhortation to tell us to keep going. Correct. So we don't need to just abandon it because, and I've heard you say it, just because some people have 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 missed misused the truth doesn't mean that we abandon it. And, right. and we can't do that. The answer to the problems is not just an out and out refusal to operate in it right. anymore. As a matter of fact, the way to do it right and and, and the proper way to combat the counterfeit
1: mm-hmm. is be around the real. Correct experience the real. Right. And also I think uh whenever you see something uh being demonstrated in a wrong manner, mm-hmm. you know, or there's error or people are missing it, I think it is actually a greater or we should use that as a greater encouragement. Mm-hmm to do and demonstrate what is accurate and what is real rather than back away. Right. And, you know, we, we talked about this, and whenever we saw some of the things happening, you know, several years back, mm-hmm. and uh, we said, you know, we're not going to throw out the prophetic. We're going right. to embrace it all, all the, the more. more. Right. And we are going to continue to do it. We're not going to let go right. of the real. You refuse and, the fake. Right. But you and or, or what's off or what's flaky or what's... Right. not the intended purpose, but you embrace the real all the more. Right. And I think that's the reason it's so important. You know, Paul, whenever he was writing to the church at Corinth and you can read first Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 and you, and it's good to read all of that in context, but there are parameters that Paul is placing upon Mm -hmm. the operation of prophetic giftings. Right. And, um, it's, it's just very interesting how that Paul always points to prophecy being used to edify and to build up the church. Right. Okay. Really, there's not anything said about prophecy um, uh, pointing to world events. I'm not right. saying that it can't sure. or anything like that. We, we but, don't see a lot of that in the New Testament. Right. But the main purpose of the prophetic in operation is to build up believers. Mm-hmm it's to encourage them it it's is to ministry. comfort them absolutely and really for the for the most part should be in operation within uh, uh not just the church but the local church right because really the in the within the local church there is a place where uh there can be accountability, accountability. yeah there are protection mechanisms that can um, that will afford people to receive ministry in a proper manner. Mm-hmm. Just like whenever anybody prophesies here, we Recorded. record
0: it. Right. Well I don't even know, but going back to the eighties yeah. in the in the early nineties. Right. I mean that's one of the big things that was Absolutely. cautioned against was what we called parking lot prophecies. Of course Absolutely. now it's Facebook prophecies and Instagram prophecies and TikTok right. prophecies, but right. more than Which is really parking the lot. same thing. It's the same concept. Right. It's just the new generation of it. Right. But I, I mean I if there's one thing that's needed, and once again, we probably won't get too deep into this today because of time, and we could literally do 10 different podcasts just on the prophetic and yeah, still barely yeah. scratch the surface. But if there is one thing that's needed, I feel, in 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 the move, and especially for this young generation to understand, is the prophetic needs accountability. Absolutely. Um, and it needs accountability in that you can't just prophesy false things over and over and over and over and over right. and over again and it not have any weight and not at some point you go, Maybe they're not hearing from God. Right. But it also needs accountability in
1: the sense of just because you hear something doesn't mean you need to say it. Right. And if you think about it, um, I, I, well, let me back up. I think w- most people think this way. Um, as people grow and the, the anointing increases and gets stronger, mm-hmm. then there there's not such a need for accountability. The opposite. And it's the exact opposite. Right. Um, it's like I could take a... Um, you know a little nine volt battery yeah Yeah. i could throw it right we could throw it back and forth to each other nobody's gonna get hurt or anything like that And there's electrical currents. it's only nine volts in it right but you can't have 220 wires hanging from the ceiling kill somebody Uh, yeah right uh so the stronger the voltage the stronger the power then the the greater measure of uh governing right as far as safety there's all sorts of things that have to, have to be in practice to prevent killing people. Right, And I think one of the things we haven't realized uh, in the church is that the greater the anointing, mm-hmm. the greater the power, we actually need more safeguards in place. There needs to be a greater level of accountability. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, um, if you want to call it, almost a narrowing in one sense of the word yeah, it's good. of the parameters from which it flows in. Nine volt, you can take it in, throw it, throw it in. It, it, very quickly, change the battery out. You don't mess with two twenty wires or even one ten, right? Like that, yeah, it'll literally uh,
0: kill you, right? And like you said, I think we've done the opposite. We've told people who are who are just starting out that they need very little parameters are good. It's not a big deal. But I've been doing this for thirty years, and I don't. I can just say whatever right. I want to say, and it's not a big deal. Right. But the opposite is true. Absolutely,
1: you, we need more governing, more safety, more. We need to be more cautious. Right. Well, you can have a strong anointing, powerful anointing and have been in ministry for 30 years. I mean, like myself, you know, it, uh, this year, over 40,
0: well over 40,
1: you know, mom and I will be married for 43 years. And mm-hmm. we've been in ministry ever since we got married. Really, I was doing ministry before then. Right. But um, I can't take an approach. Well, uh, nobody has a right to say anything to me. Mm-hmm. I've kind of I I've, I've I've went through the course and mm-hmm. and and so it's impossible for me to miss it because uh, I think any uh, church anybody historian absolutely in churches church history teaches us this that we we see throughout church history how that men of God as they got up they, they did good, they ran the race they were they were pure and then as they got older somewhere along the line they went off course yeah and so anybody, I don't care who they are can miss it, can get off course, can begin to go the wrong direction. So I, I say that because we always have to realize that there is a need for accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason, of course, we stress here so much the importance of the local church. Uh, now, because the reality is, even though, um, for instance, uh, Bishop Hammond is our uh, my spiritual father, and there's a measure of accountability that I have, with him, but the reality is because of distance, because mm-hmm. he's not in services, because he's not here all the time, there the the measure of accountability is low. Mm-hmm. The reality is I have to be willing to submit myself mm-hmm. to those that God has gathered around me, who are watching out for my soul. Yeah, you know, and as I've uh, I've taught before, that actually the first place that ministers need to be accountable. Is actually to their own spouse, right? Because they know you better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They'll speak the truth They'll to you. Check you quicker than quicker anybody than else. anybody else. <laughs> and so I've always and and this is my personal conviction. Yeah. This is where accountability starts, right? But then you you have local church leaders. You know, yes, I'm the uh, I'm an apostle. Yes, I'm overseeing churches, but that doesn't mean that. I don't at the same time submit myself to people that I trust mm-hmm. that ha- that can speak wisdom. Um, and if they see me going off, uh, I give them the right mm-hmm. to say, Hey, um, you know, you, you need to check this. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a and, certain to a certain extent what you see like in a home where right. a husband is the scripturally the head of a home. Right. But there's also this mutual um submission with a husband and a wife and this laying down of your life if you're in spiritual leadership you lay down your life Mm -hmm. for the church and part of that means also some level of accountability to the church right and having those people that can go like hey a little concerned about this direction excellent and not becoming a dictator and
1: you know right and, and i think it's been proven the people that become dictators they usually go off right you know if they're not willing to listen if they close themselves off and believe that they have arrived and mm-hmm. they cannot miss it they cannot make a mistake then they end up doing the exact thing that they said that was impossible for them to Almost do every single time yeah and so the prophetic i think one of the things that's important you know, if we would just practice 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, mm-hmm. let's start there, okay? And uh, let's let's do that well. Let's do that good. And I'm sure, in a, like referring back to the last several years, you know, there are people that have had good hearts, oh, yeah. and we're already seeing it crank up once again as we are coming into this year's election. And I would really caution everybody um, to- Hope we uh, learn something. We 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 would hope. Obviously, some people didn't, but you know the reality is that uh, we need to be very careful, very mm-hmm. about putting thus saith the Lord. Just because I want somebody to win election, or or just because I want a pandemic to be over or whatever, oh, yeah. I can't just start putting thus saith the Lord mm-hmm. at the end of my desire. In other words, state your desire and then but thus saith the Lord. Right. Somewhere we have gotten then some things misconstrued to where we think that because we have a strong desire for something, that God is saying that. That's what God wants. Our desire
0: right. is God's desire.
1: And I think that we have to be able to discern, and that's the reason the Bible talks about, over in Hebrews, having your senses exercised mm-hmm. uh, to discern both good and evil. And actually says that the, the word is sharper than any two-edged sword to divide what is soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. and see if you're not able, and that's the reason, of course, that's a whole other uh, thing we could talk about, but the the, the the primary way that we evaluate and judge prophetic utterances is by the Word of God. That's the first way. Okay, That's not the only way, but that is the first and primary way. Alignment with Scripture. Right. If it doesn't align with Scripture, if it doesn't align with the Word, or, and not just the Word, but the Spirit of the Word. In other right. words, not just letter of the law, but the Spirit, the heart, at A the scripture. end of the day, if it doesn't align yeah.
0: with Jesus, because I like said the, the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if it right. if it doesn't align with Jesus, right, and the way he operated and what he did, and, right.
1: The way that he spoke, right. then it probably isn't prophecy. Right. If it's contrary to what Jesus said, then you need to throw it out. Yeah. You know? Period. If somebody's prophesying, "Thus saith the Lord," you need to go visit somebody and beat them up. I mean, I know this is kind of a crazy. It ain't, um, it, it ain't that
0: crazy? You know.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> we have some people that are almost saying that right now. You know, it's like yeah. we just need to uh you know get violent and yeah. I, and when jesus talks about the violent taken by force he's not talking not about what he's talking about um physical violence whatsoever and i mean again you gotta you, you balance scripture with scripture you know right. we Terpest, don't wrestle with flesh and, flesh and blood right. we war against principalities and powers jesus told peter put your sword up right you know and then whenever the disciples even wanted to call fire down from heaven he said you don't know what spirit you're of right you know I haven't come to kill people. I've come to save them.
0: Jesus is constantly uh, refuting violence. And then we want to embrace it in the name of thus saith the Lord.
1: Right. And you can't do that. No, it is antithetical to what Jesus actually taught, which it would really be good for people to actually just go and read the gospels again and find out what Jesus wouldn't be uh, a bad idea. Jesus said, you know, and uh, so anyway. yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, dad. So let's talk about this. Um, you mentioned this exhortation, edification, comfort. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned how um, Paul told Timothy to wage a good warfare with the prophecies that had gone over him. Right. So I think we see two like major things the prophetic can do. Right, mm-hmm. it can give you that strength to continue whenever you feel ragged or right. feel like you're the valley of dry bones, like right. Ezekiel thirty-seven. Right, but then also give you um, a weapon to fight with, which we have already kind of hinted and alluded to some stories there. Some people know them. Some people probably don't. But I know you have a great story about your first exposure really to personal prophecy and the prophetic Mm -hmm. in your life back in 1987, kind of a season that you and Mom were in. I was two years old. Two years old, yeah. And uh, was I even two yet?
1: You were two. I was two, okay. You had just turned two.
0: So can you kind of tell those stories and kind of, Start with that one, yeah. 87, your first exposure, the season of life you were in, right. and what that prophetic word did
1: for yeah. you, your life, your ministry. Well, uh, Mom and I were walking through a season of transition at the time. and a place did, commonly known as hell. Yeah, right? it, and it seemed like that for sure. <laughs> we were at that time living uh, with uh, grandma, my father grandpa, and, yeah. and mother, which is your grandpa and grandma. But anyway... So we were uh, uh, walking through that season. We didn't really know what we were going to do. We didn't know where we were going. Um, We had uh, been serving in a local church uh, in the Panama City Beach area since even before we got married uh, up until that present time in 1987. We thought when we left there we were going to go do one thing, and it it did it just didn't pan out. The and door we were, closed, right? And we, so we came back to Panama City. We were, we were only there. We were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for two months, and then came back. And uh, so that was like in July and August of 1987. And we moved back actually uh, on your birthday is the day that we actually uh, moved back at the end of August and. So, uh, for September, we didn't really know what we were going to do. We did go try, as they would say, try out for a church, Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, that fell through. And there's a whole story in that, but uh, that I won't go into right now. But you know, sometimes you could. We have to realize that what we perceive as a setback, or maybe even something that just is disappointment to us, God is really. providentially setting us up, I'm not saying everything's a setup, but I mean, there are times whenever God is setting you up for the greatest breakthrough to position you exactly where you need to be. Well, anyway, so our, uh, it was really just a divine appointment that we were, um, I was asked to lead worship at a Christian international Friday night school of the Holy Spirit in October of 1987. And, um, I didn't even want to to go there, to be honest with you. I'd heard about uh, CI, and I'd heard about people in the prophetic, and I thought they were all a little weird and strange. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't too keen in actually going there, but it was a friend of ours who actually asked me, and I agreed to do so. And I thought, well, this kind of satisfied what he felt uh, was going to happen uh, in my life because that was actually even preceded by a prophetic word that he had about me actually coming there. And being a part, and I thought, when he told me that, that's crazy. There's no way that I'll ever be a part of that crazy bunch of prophetic people. You know, I (laughs) didn't want to have really anything to do with that. I was a word man, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, so I went there, led worship, and there was a lady uh, by the name of Jan Painter that was ministering that evening, and uh, she, she brought forth a word. I don't remember anything that she preached whatsoever. But then, at the end of her message, she prophesied, and she prophesied to every single person in the building mm-hmm. that night. And, uh, of course, Mom and I were on the front row. You were there actually with us, and uh, and so she prophesied to us. And at that time, we were considering going back into uh, the denomination that we had been a part of uh, for uh, years previous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. Um, but she began to prophesy this, and she said, "The Lord says you're one of God's today guys, and you got to give out of what God is going, is doing today." And then she began to prophesy about other things that the Lord was going to do through our life. And um, so, uh, whenever I arrived there, we didn't know what we were going to do. We, to be honest, we, we felt like the Valley of Dry Bones. And really, Ezekiel 37 is a is a wonderful picture of what happens. Whenever the prophetic word is prophesied over people. Mm-hmm. It causes their bones to come together, cause bones that are scattered. Dry. Uh, we dry, and, we and. felt dry. We felt scattered. We felt we had no strength. But whenever she prophesied uh to us, I mean it was like our bones came together. And I remember getting ca- cassette tape at the end of the service, because that was the that was the media at that time right. as far as the audio Cutting media edge that you used. Media and i remember uh, we listened to that all the way back mm-hmm. uh, i say home is actually you know uh, your grandparents were we an were an, an hour drive day. it was an hour drive and we listened to that little 5 minute 10 minute word over and over and over again and uh, mom and i we would com- uh, comment did you hear that did you hear that because it was so life giving to us mm. Uh, and I mean, we were at a point of just wanting to throw in the towel. Yeah, and it's like that word once it was spoken and released over us is like there was a fresh wind that began to blow upon us. We got our breath back. We were ready to run once again. Yeah, and that really started a relationship with uh, Christian International and us from that from that point on. And, and um, so. Whenever the word of the Lord, when an accurate prophetic word is spoken over your life, there is a wind of God that is released. There is the breath of God that is released. It is the nishima of God that actually ends up being released into you. Uh, and uh, as I said, we felt dead. We felt dry. We felt, and I know we walk by faith and not by sight, but at the same time, at some point in time, your faith has to become sight, right. and at some point in time, your feelings have to change, mm-hmm. or you can't continue. Right. Well, God will release his word over us in order to change and revolutionize and bring forth the reality of his promise within our life. And that's what happened just, you know, at this yeah, just literally moments. snap of the fingers. It's just like we went from from darkness to light, from death to life, and, and that's all because of the prophetic word being spoken over our lives. It has such a profound, profound effect upon us. I think even with that,
0: you see like that word began to unlock destiny that you didn't even fully realize was there. Absolutely, Began to open something in your life. And this is why we don't need to just reject the prophetic. And it is why it is for us today. Absolutely. It's because it will breathe life into situations that are dead. And if, if you wouldn't have received that prophetic word in 1987 right who knows right what course of events would have taken place and you know what your life and ministry would look like today probably not like what it looks like doesn't mean it would have been bad or evil or anything like that obviously but it probably would look very different right if you wouldn't have received that word that began to speak to something and right. unlock something within you and give you that 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 second wind that that uh, that that ability to keep going keep pursuing and once again i think also the prophetic word also begins to unlock and connect you to destiny and purpose and relationships
1: absolutely god has for you right. that are important so if for no other reason right that's one reason we need it today absolutely well i mean there there's so many dynamics that begin to take place and are activated as a, on the other side of a word being released i mean mm-hmm. if you if you look at the very creation, you know, the story of creation, word. God steps out into the middle of darkness and mm-hmm. he doesn't make commentary on the darkness. He begins to say, Let there be light. Mm-hmm. So God, he, he calls those things which be not as though they were. And really in, pro, in prophetic ministry, God is calling those things which are not yeah. as though they were. Right. He, mm-hmm. is, he is speaking light into the middle of darkness. And you know, he's speaking de- uh, life into the place where there was death, you know, because you know when Ezekiel's taken out there to the Valley of Dry Bones, you know, God asks him, "Can these bones live?" And Ezekiel uh, very wisely says, "Lord, only you know." You know, is I, the, I he is
0: the politician answer, right? <laughs>
1: Another way of saying is, "I have no idea whatsoever. Only you know. Uh, I don't have a clue about this." But you know, and so then the Lord says, "Prophesy to the bones." And then he prophesies, they come together, then there's muscle, sinew, flesh that come upon them, and then basically they're they're standing there, and uh, but they're lifeless, and he says, prophesy again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what I found is, you know, we know in part, we prophesy in part, mm-hmm. and I found that sometimes one prophecy will do one thing, but the, uh, the next one then will maybe propel you into right. something different. And so, you know, we need the prophetic ministry within the church today. Now, the absence of the prophetic doesn't mean that people can't ever fulfill sure any part of their destiny or purpose. But I'll just say this: uh, you're you're much more equipped, mm-hmm. and you're much more empowered, and you are you're it's it's like the difference of, in going. You know, if, if somebody had to go fight an enemy invader, um, uh. It, it's like going going to fight with them with a pistol mm-hmm. versus going to fight with them with a tank. Right. And when you have the prophetic ministry that is that empowering uh, aspect of the prophetic, it's like you go um you go to war with a tank. Yeah. That's good. So uh yeah, and you said something about the warring a good warfare with mm-hmm. you know, prophecy, you know, that's what Paul said uh, for us to do but um in um 1980 1988 Eight. It, yeah 1988 it was um, when we were ordained at uh, CI uh, they laid hands upon us and began to minister to us and one of the things they prophesied and I remember I think it was prophet John Webster prophesied this said that, that he said I see a daughter who's going to be a dancer in the house of the Lord and at that time just me. Yeah. It was just you and your mother (laughs) wanted to have another child. Of course, we just went on staff at there at CI and we were not making a large salary. Uh, nobody there made a large salary. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were, you know, we were, we were scraping by my mom had to get, she got an outside job at working at a bank and we still barely had enough just to, you know, meet just the basic necessities of life. And so, um, I thought there's no, you know, having another child right now is just not feasible, not practical, not practical. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, she began to pray after that word said, Lord, we want confirmation that this is you and you, you, you know, we've gotten this word, but we want, this is something we need to make, make sure that this is the timing. And so we went into a conference that next month in March, uh, beginning of of March. And, um, she prayed that she would receive some kind of confirmation. And, she didn't get any kind of word whatsoever, but there were three different times where there were we had our one-on-one sharing activation times within the, that conference, and all three times from three different people that knew nothing about us whatsoever, all three times, the word that I received was, I see a baby, I see a baby. One person said, I see a baby, and you're going to have that baby before the end of the year. And it's March. And this is March, Yeah. <laughs> So that means something has to happen very quickly yeah. or had already happened right um, we actually believe looking back at the timetable we believe that she was actually about a week pregnant at that time and we had no knowledge of it whatsoever mm-hmm. Well anyway uh, later in the month she she did an EPT test it came back positive we were excited and you know it was wonderful and great and uh, then somewhere in April she began to bleed real heavily. Mm-hmm. And uh, not just spot a little bit, she began to bleed very heavily. Right. Uh, uh, later in the month uh, of April, she went to the doctors. They did a sonogram. Uh, and uh, they were looking to see if there was anything in there. Or, uh, and so they, the result of a sonogram was you have a blighted ovum, which basically means this. It's, it's like pregnancy took place, but then it died on the vine, and there's mm-hmm. no life. They said you need to have a DNC, not a miscarriage. Right, you need to have a. It's like it's dead. Right, there's no it's life there, in. but it's there's, there's no, no life. There's right. no heartbeat. It, it's not developing. Mm-hmm. And um, so they said you you need to uh, we need to have a DNC, and um, you need to do it as quick as possible. Um, You're just called, prolonging your own right, suffering if you don't. Right, and she called me and she was crying out because I was. I, I was working there at CI and, um, and she asked, what do you think I should do? And I said, you know, we're not going to do anything other than believe God. Uh And we're going to take the word of the Lord that we have because, uh, at that time we had, uh, really four different words Uh about having a child and said, we're going to war good warfare and we're going to believe God. We're going to stand and believe, uh, the word that's been declared, and so whenever uh, she got home that night, I laid my hands on her stomach, and I began to declare, you will live and not die. Mm-hmm. And we began to rehearse those words that we had received. And every morning I'd get up, I'd lay my hands on her stomach. I said, you will live and not die. The word you will became live a not... weapon to fight. Right. Christ. I've taken the, wor- the word. I'm warring a good warfare with the prophecy. My circumstances
0: look mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. than the word I have. Right. So I'm not going to believe my circumstances. Right. I'm going to believe the word, and I'm going to declare that over my life and over my situation.
1: You know, because, you know, growing up, we were always taught, at least whenever I was little, you know, doctors are always right. That's Mm -hmm. what I heard. Doctors are always right. You know, you you need to believe what the doctor says. You need to follow the doctors. And thank God for doctors. Don't misunderstand me. But, you know, doctors are... They're merely reporting to you what they see in the natural. They, mm-hmm. there is a diagnosis that they're giving you based upon the facts mm-hmm. that they are looking at, the physical evidence that they're looking at.
0: And in this case, the doctor was right. He was right in their diagnosis. Right. There is it's no just life. there's a different word that you have correct about what God wants to do. Right. And I think for anybody who's listening, you probably if you've been around the prophetic received words, you've probably been in that situation where you had a had a, a a word over your life and then the circumstances you face look totally different. Right. Now to be clear, we're not talking about so and so was prophesied to win the election and they didn't, so now I'm gonna stand and declare right. to overturn the results of the election right. or something of that nature. We're talking about in our own lives things we face right. where there's a word. God's gonna, you know, cause you to prosper and then you get laid off from your job. Mm-hmm. Or God's gonna um, cause unity in your marriage and then seems like everything's exploding. Everything's just exploding. So the the, the question becomes in that situation, what do you believe? Do you believe your circumstances Mm -hmm. or do you believe the word? And it's not that your circumstances are false. It's that God has given you a weapon to fight against what the enemy's trying to bring in your life and to stand to see his word fulfilled and accomplished.
1: Right. So we just took that word, began to war good warfare with it. And uh, so for about a month... Uh, to six weeks she kept bleeding kept Mm -hmm. bleeding and we just every day we declare the same thing um it had to have been tough uh, it was very tough Uh, of course mom was working at the bank at that time and sometimes you know she would just begin to gush blood and and she'd have to go to the bathroom and Mm -hmm. there were there were times that she would literally break down Mm -hmm. at work but she just you know she kept on going and you know I'll say this, you know, sometimes, um, so I wasn't the one experiencing all the, the physical the, symptoms, the, right, the symptom, uh, the symptom, the bleeding mm-hmm. she was. So it's much more difficult when you're the one that's actually experiencing the symptoms. Sure. And that's the reason, you know, uh, that's, you know, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, I really was worth nine thousand to her. <laughs> yeah. You know, and many times she's worth nine thousand to me. But the reality is, I had to. We we had to stand strong, but I had to be the one to keep encouraging and mm-hmm. declaring. You know what? We're going to see. You, we're going to make it. We're, we declare the word of the Lord. We're not. We're not going to be moved by this. And uh, anyway, about six weeks later, the bleeding stopped. Then she went back to the doctor, and the doctor they put the fetal heartbeat monitor on her. And you could hear, whoosh, 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 whoosh. you know the the heartbeat, the, the heartbeat that uh, that swishing sound. The doctor jumped back in surprise; he couldn't believe it. Sure, because all of the diagnosis said something totally different than what actually he was hearing, mm-hmm. and what they knew to be true, and what had happened repeatedly over and over. And so, anyway, uh, our Kayla uh our daughter your sister mm-hmm. was born uh december the 6th of 1988 and um so but we had to war good warfare it would right. have been easy just to say yeah doc you're right we're going to go in do a dnc you know da, 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 da. and only that it's right. a good
0: example of if you didn't have that word right you wouldn't have had anything to stand on right because there's nothing in scripture necessarily that
1: Said we were going to have a daughter that right. was going to be a dancer in the house. that said that we're going to have a daughter before the end of the year. Yes. Or anything Nothing like that, that
0: spoke to this specific situation. And that's right. not to villainize scripture. Right, It's to say that God has something to say to you today about your right. life, your specific. situation that's specific right. to arm you that whenever you're facing, to forearm you. that whenever Because mm-hmm. God knows what we're going to face, what's right. coming up, what battles we might have to face. And right. he's going to give you a word to
1: fight against circumstances that are contrary to Absolutely. To his will, I mean, he always does that. he that's, that's his faithfulness in mm-hmm. action. God's faithfulness in action is that He will give you what you need. You know, because I, I, you know, Paul said that uh, what God spoke to him, and he wr- writes it. Mm-hmm. Your my grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. A part of the grace of God is actually communicated to us through mm-hmm. the prophetic ministry. Yeah, you know. There is a grace that is given even through the word that he speaks over our life that empowers us Mm -hmm. to be able to navigate and actually press through and overcome the adversity, the hurdles, whatever might be there. And it's not always, um, it's not always easy. I mean, we've faced some tough situations within our lives and within our ministry, but you know what? God's faithful. He's always been there to speak, to give us exactly what we needed, to give us direction when direction was needed, to give us empowerment when empowerment was needed, to give us, um, you know, release whatever we had need of. But uh, I've seen it happen so often just through the prophetic ministry, through the prophetic word. That's the reason, again, I think several things is don't get distracted because somebody does something that's a little off mm-hmm. and also make sure you stay in, in, in the lanes that the prophetic has, uh, what that's been designated for the prophetic to operate within. Yeah. And I, I think it also for ministers that we really just need to get back to some basics, you know, um, uh, of the purpose for things and why we're doing these things. Education, advocation, ultimately, ultimately comfort, right. build up the church, right. build up people. Exactly. And so that's, we're wanting to, that's the purpose. Of it. And Paul states it. Right. He's very specific about it, you know. And uh, I I will say this, that much of what was labeled as prophetic, you know, a few years back brought more confusion. Mm. And 100%. I don't see anywhere where it says that the prophetic is intended to bring confusion. No. You if anything, know?
0: it's supposed to bring clarity.
1: Right. Right. So then we, we have to actually be honest with ourselves and examine things and say, you know, maybe I should have done that different. Maybe I, maybe I should take a couple of steps back. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, we could do an entire um, podcast just on that element right there. And we probably by, will. <laughs> by itself. And that's not to condemn anybody no. or to throw anybody under the bus or say anybody's a false prophet. But, but you I have to just, talk about these things right. the you can't just ignore is, it and right. brush it under the rug anybody anybody i don't care who you are yeah. you, you it, there is of the course. there is the capability of missing it Ap- none of us are and being presumptuous i Absolutely. mean nathan nathan was a powerful prophet and he confronted david but then nathan turned around later on spoke presumptuously mm-hmm. And he missed it. Right. That's just the bottom line. Nathan missed it. Probably I mean,
0: spoke out of the desire of his own heart more than anything.
1: And, and thank God that Nate, exactly. And that's, you know, uh, there, there's a whole message. Because of in the relationships right. he had. And, and loyalties. Right. And and so Nathan, thank God he was, he, there, he had enough humility and fear of God mm. that he would actually go back to David and say, David, I misspoke. Right. I said something, which is something that every person, prophet and every prophetic person needs to learn, needs to take a lesson from yeah. look at Nathan, the prophet saying that I'm that you miss it. It doesn't mean that you're not a prophet, right? Doesn't undermine right. your authority. No. Uh, but I mean, anybody can miss it and anybody can make a mistake. You know, pastors can make mistakes, not just prophets, absolutely apostles, teachers, evangelists, any, any ministry gift and any saint, right. any believer can make a mistake. Right. So, but I think once we, when we really begin to embrace the purpose of, and stick with what God intended prophecy to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's 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 the safety lanes, you know. That yeah. and that's where we're really intended to operate. And when we do that, uh, we see such life giving ministry that takes place through the prophetic.
0: It's good. It's been a great conversation, Dad. Thanks for being here and talking about it today. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about the prophetic. Uh, in the future, as a matter of fact, probably in a couple weeks, a month, we may talk about it again and talk about yeah. some more of this stuff because there's so much more to dig into. But absolutely, kind of in close for the person who might be listening, who either this is all new to them and they're still figuring it out, yeah, or that has been around it and recent events have kind of left, you know, kind of a sour taste in their mouth and their spirit about mm-hmm. what's going on in the prophetic move, and they're questioning, I don't know if I want to be part of this, this forest, da-da-da-da-da. What would you kind of say to that those those people about the prophetic, its necessity? Right. And obviously we've talked a lot about it, but just kind of a succinct succinct kind of statement right? on right. why we need this and why right. it's important for
1: us. Well, again, we go back to what we said previously, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We mm-hmm. have to understand that – that the gifts of the spirit were ordained mm-hmm. by God to be mm-hmm. in operation within the church. And uh, so we have to fully embrace what God has ordained. He didn't, he ordained it because we needed it. Yeah, We need the gift of prophecy in operation. We need the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gifts of healings, working of miracles. We need every one of the nine manifestation gifts that is spoken of in first Corinthians 12 in manifestation within the local church and within our lives. We don't, we should never reject something solely because somebody misused it, abused it, or, um, you know, just did not operate in it correctly. We must fully embrace it because I believe the gifts of the spirit are not optional equipment, whether well, they're, there if you want them, but you don't, right. you're not, you don't really need them. Everything that God ordained, To be in operation within the church is there not for entertainment purposes, not for spectacular purposes, but because we actually need those things within our lives. So we need prophecy. We need the gifts. They're important for our shaping and for our making and for the purpose of God to be fully fulfilled within our lives. Yeah, so good. So good. Well, hope you've enjoyed this podcast,
0: this discussion we've had today. Looks like I said, we're going to have Deb back again real soon to talk about this more. Uh, but let me encourage you if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, uh, hit subscribe, ring the bell. Also, you can leave us comments on any questions or things you may want us to talk about the next time Dad's back talking about the prophetic uh, or something that just spoke to you and encouraged you. If you're listening on podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, leave five stars if you can. That helps us out greatly just in spreading the word. And we're going to be back very soon with another episode of Get Real. As a matter of fact, on the next one, one of my dearest friends, Pastor Casey Doss, is going to be on here, and you don't want to miss it. We will see you next time on the podcast.